chapter 30 into Isumangu. It was dark and something squishy pressed against my arm. I want to go home. My hands were still glued or gummed to the raft which had landed. Something else, slimy and cold, touched my face just above my mouth, and I couldn't free my arms to brush it away. I kept my lips very still as I spoke. I really, really want to go home. The floor of the tram vibrated, and it felt like we were aiming straight toward the sky. Something rustled next to me, and then the darkness disappeared as whatever was lying on top of me was pulled off. Ayana held onto a metal pole that ran from floor to ceiling, an exasperated look on her face. This, she said, waving her arms up at the front of the tram, this was all your idea. You don't get to whine, flyboy. She touched her staff to the raft, and the wood warmed beneath my wrists and ankles. The gummy restraints loosened, and I dropped down, crashing into the back wall. Oof! Ayana snorted. When you're done being goofy, you should take a look at this. As I watched her use some handholds to climb to the top or front of the tram car, I made a face at her back. When I sat up, my face froze that way. I was sitting in Alki's version of a subway. Chicago L train was nothing compared to this. I mean, the rear half of the train car was disgusting, but it was our fault. It was a trash car, after all. When we landed, we'd knocked over thin, papery containers filled with garbage. Old clothes were strewn across the floor, and bags of rotten food had splattered the walls. I shuddered. It was like we were riding in the loader of a garbage truck. Ever smelled the nasty trash water they dripped behind them? Yeah, I needed a bath. Two baths, with a shower in the middle, a clean sandwich. I groaned as I pulled myself upright. I slid and closed the door we had entered so the trash wouldn't fall out and give us away. Then I scrambled to join the others. A shimmering curtain of light separated the rear half of the car from the front. When I passed through the divider, I felt a tingling sensation from head to toe and the sense of lemon ginger, and fresh air washed over me. I closed my eyes. When I opened them, all traces of our nasty landing had been removed. Man, I breathed. I knew it was one of those curtains in my bedroom. This part of the tram car had a soft silver glow. Ayana and Chestnut sat in slightly inclined bucket seats that were beaded in beautiful patterns. Gum Baby stood on the back of Chestnut's chair. They stared at the scenery out of floor-to-ceiling windows. As I approached Ayana, very slowly and carefully, she nodded toward the outside. Look. I collapsed into a seat next to her, whispering a prayer of thanks for the harness I strapped on, then gazed out the window and gasped. I had seen the train's vertical position from the air, but it was even more intense when you were actually inside it. We were climbing straight up the side of Isimangu. The walls of the trench we were moving through had dropped, and the view beyond stretched for an eternity. The valley of the rock laser sentinels lay far below. The mountainside was streaked with sparkling black and blue lines like the veins of some giant wee little insects were inching across. When I pressed my face against the window, I could see the mountain peaks disappearing into the clouds. Look! Chestnut pointed out tiny turret-like rocks with the same gems rotating in them. The tram zipped past a series of them, and suddenly hitching a ride in a trash train didn't seem so bad. 
between the rock lasers, the sheer mountain face, and its completely obscured city on top, the ridge folk really did seem to discourage visitors. Yay. Ayana nudged me. This is our stop. Gum Baby scrambled back behind my head and into my hood, and Ayana picked up Chestnut. I frowned. But we're still moving. And we don't want to be on board when it stops, said Ayana, unless you want to introduce yourself to a group of angry guards. Uh, no. No, I do not. Ayana expanded the raft. We all stepped on board, and we floated through the cleansing curtain and back into the trash compartment. The bits of nastiness whirled around when I slid open the door, and I flinched as something wet splashed against my bicep. Chestnut poked her head out of the crook of Ayana's arm. Wait for it. A service entrance should be coming up in three, two, one, now. The raft shot out of the tram through a small cloud of mist that felt cool on my skin and into a hole cut into the smooth exterior of Isilangu. Ayana set us down just inside the entrance, and more veins of blue silver lit the passage beyond. Chestnut hopped down, and her ears twitched forward. After a second, she turned around. I don't hear anything. Something went right for a change, Ayana muttered softly. The guards must have been distracted by the laser tower explosion. Well, let's not waste the opportunity. They know something's wrong. We need to get in, grab the story box, and get out. Gum Baby nodded and leaned forward by my ear. Don't touch any strange statues this time, Bumble Tongue, she whispered. Me? You're the one who... Ayana hissed and glared at us. Hush! But, quiet, you're going to get us caught. I shook my head as Gum Baby cackled softly in my hood and followed the others deep into the mountain. The tunnel twisted and turned for several hundred feet. As we moved farther inside, the vibration I'd felt earlier grew stronger. What is that noise? I whispered. Ayana shrugged. Gum Baby ignored me and hummed a few bars from the song she's been making up. She called it The Ballad of Gummy. It was catchy. Chestnut glanced back. The Warren doesn't know about this. It's one of the few places we can't get into. My aunt's best friend's cousin said they've caught every kit sent here. My eyes grew wide. You mean baby rabbits? What happens to them? They don't... Chestnut shook her head. Nope, nope, nothing like that. They just send them home with an insult. Better luck next time, that sort of thing. Only ruder. Oh, that's why this is so incredible. If I can bring new information back to the Warren Society, they'll have to let me in. They just have to. I heard the same longing in her voice that Gum Baby had when she dreamed about becoming a pilot. Ayana and I exchanged glances. We all had something to prove to someone, even if it was just ourselves. The tunnel widened and brightened, and the exit appeared around a curve. Chestnut and Ayana peeked out first. They gasped. What? What is it? I whispered. Ayana muttered something that sounded suspiciously like a prayer then motioned me and Gum Baby forward. Come on, we're wasting time. I stared at her as I stepped out of the tunnel. She was so confu- My stomach flipped and flopped as I saw that I was on a very thin ledge with a steep drop-off. I hate heights. Gum Baby leaned over my shoulder and whistled. 
Boy, you in trouble. Let Gum Baby know if you scared. If you scared, say you scared. Ain't no shame. Gum Baby got this. I swallowed and crept out a little further. Isilangu was almost completely hollow. I don't know what I expected, but there really was a city inside a mountain. Obsidian towers and spires rose out of the walls at an angle. Thousands of homes had been cut into the rock, and each had a single large gemstone embedded above its entrance, like a diamond porch light. Glimmering tracks of blue-black amethysts crisscrossed the vast open space, connecting one side of the underground city with the other. I gripped my chest. Are they... are they skateboarding across? A trio of ridge folk, I couldn't tell their ages from here, rode across the chasm at breakneck speed a few levels down. They stood on wide, flat, oblong slabs of the obsidian that hovered over the amethyst rails. My eyes widened as the vicious club-like staff strapped to their backs. I could hear them laughing from here. Kids? They disappeared beneath the ledge we hid on, and Ayana hissed at me. Hurry up, flyboy, unless you want to get caught. After one more stomach-tightening glance over the edge, I followed Ayana and Chestnut up the winding path. The Ballad of the Gummy, Ballad of the Gummy, strongest and the fiercest, and her nose is never runny. Sap attack, back at back, the hero of the hour, riding on her bumbly steed who needs to take a shower. I rolled my eyes as Gumbaby hummed the rest of the song under her breath. Bumbly steed, the nerve. There it is, Chestnut whispered. She pointed near the ceiling. That has to be it. What I thought was the ceiling was really the bottom of a giant room carved into the mountain peak. The ledge we stood on curved around several more times before it disappeared inside. A booming sound shook the mountain, throwing me flat to my stomach. What was that? Ayana asked. Her voice trembled just a bit. I didn't blame her. Mine came out in a high-pitched squeak as I peeked over the edge. Don't know. I cleared my throat. Wait, something's happening down there. The large main doors were opening. A group of ridge folk floated in on obsidian hoverboards. They slowed to a stop for just a second before spreading out and taking off in different directions. I looked up. They're searching for something. Ayana met my eyes, then nodded. Us. That boom must have been an alarm signal. We need to hurry. We scurried up the ledge, trying to keep low, and, after several nerve-wracking minutes, we reached the final curve. The atrium. Two giant doors stood ajar, and I breathed a sigh of relief. It was unlocked. Ayana looked at me, and I swallowed and moved to the front. Gumbaby bounced up and down in my hood. Game time, big boy. Yeah, yeah. I thumbed the adinkra on my bracelet. Eddie's Anansi symbol was cool to the touch, as was Niami's. No iron monsters or booby traps here. Just a mountain full of angry ridge folk. Strongs keep punching, I muttered. Then I took a deep breath and darted inside, ready with my empty sack for a snatch and grab, a dine and dash. Not exactly the same, but you get the concept. The only thing missing was the dope soundtrack to this epic heist we were about to pull off. Ayana pushed in behind me and jabbed me in the ribs. What are you humming? You want to get us caught? Idiot. My face flushed as we stepped into the room. Don't poke me. 
and we won't get caught. I, we both froze as the wickedly sharp tips of three spears were leveled at our faces. Promise. 